1: And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you joining us this evening, or if you're listening to us after the recording as well, too. It's always a pleasure. We're glad you could join us. It's always fun to talk about sports with you all and see some of the comments and some of the different things people are thinking as well, too. It is DJ joined as always. Well, not always, but once again, I should say, by my co host Kelsey and Kelsey. We are glad to have you back. It's been a minute.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, took a little little hiatus, I guess you should say. Uh, not Not a desired hiatus. Well... Part of it was the ending part, not so much the part that made me miss the show last week. Uh, definitely sad. Shout out to Jared though, for coming in clutch, filling in for me. Um Absolutely great show you guys put on last week. But yeah, no, it's it, it sucks. It, it was a weird, weird, weird feeling being being gone for this long, and uh, I'm just glad everything's back to normal. If you, uh, I guess, if you can say that.
1: Well, normal by our standards, at least too, which is <laughs> take take, but that take that with what you will as well. But. During your time gone, uh, we had quite a bit happen as well, too, across all different realms of sports. But today, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at college football playoff. We're about midway through the NFL season, so we're going to talk some awards now, because it's about that time where we start awarding people before it all comes completely flipped on its head in the second half of the season. Then we got a little bit of, for once, we actually have a double header and crunch time planned out as well, too, from two different sports that you might not hear about quite as often. So we'll leave the gridiron and head to the octagon and the pitch, if you will. So we got plenty to talk about coming up. But first we're gonna head right off in to the tip off as well. And for the tip off, we're gonna stick with college football as you mentioned as well too. And Kelsey, that the playoff picture starting to form a little bit now. We got four undefeated teams sitting right there at the top right now with Georgia obviously number one, Ohio State at two, Michigan at three, and TCU at four. Those are the first four in as of right now with Tennessee and LSU sitting at the five and six spots respectively. So I got to ask you, do you think this is, do you think this holds? Do you think that this final four that we're looking at right now is this going to hold?
0: I honestly don't know, um, because of LSU. LSU is the big question mark to me. If Bama can beat, or can, or if LSU doesn't win out, or you know whatever, however that works out. If LSU doesn't beat Georgia, or if they don't, if let's say they falter this weekend for some magical reason, you never know because it's LSU. So it's completely possible if they lose, then maybe if they lose this week or in, in the SEC championship. Obviously, things stay there as as they are as the status quo. But if they win, I have so many questions. Like, does Tennessee slip in? That's my big question. Does LSU jump Tennessee? How do they jump Tennessee if they can jump Tennessee? Like, how, how do you how do you justify that? Is it because they won the conference with two losses, even though Tennessee only has one? Then also, how do you explain, you know, any other team that can win their conference with two wins, not jumping Tennessee? So So for me, the big one is LSU. Like, LSU determines how this all shakes out. Obviously at Tennessee still has the opportunity to get in because of Ohio state and Michigan that in and of itself. Uh, I mean, they play what this weekend, I believe. And then, then the winner of that game plays, uh, I can't even think who's the, who's the leader in the opposite side of their conference. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and you basically consider it's going to be a wipe there. It's, uh, you know, it's, it, it is, you know, so it's like, so the winner, basically the winner of this weekend's, you know, battle, between Michigan and Ohio State is also going to determine that spot. But do you, do you penalize the other one for not making it to, you know, we all talk about the Alabama Invitational but Also, there's the Ohio State Invitational. It seems to be, you know, up for grabs. So, if Michigan does beat Ohio State, does Ohio State slip in still? And do they slip in at detriment to Tennessee? Right. So, there's so many questions right there around revolving around that fifth spot, I'd say. I feel like the rest of it is pretty straightforward. I feel like you're guaranteed three out of these – Four teams uh, i just don't know what the fourth team is going to look like so for me i'm looking at georgia tcu guaranteed to p- still be in the playoff and then whoever whoever pulls off the, the win against ohio state and michigan which is going to be an ugly game let's be completely honest about that those two teams never play what is going to be considered a attractive brand of football um but yeah i don't, yeah for me I, I i have i have at least three of these teams I'm, I'm just concerned the LSU factor sitting out there, not really concerned about uh, USC jumping in here to be, to be fair, unless LSU falters, Tennessee falters this weekend and Georgia falters this weekend and then loses to LSU in the, it, it, you know, uh, in, in the SEC championship, which there's no way that could happen. I, I hmm. really don't see that ever happening. you would have to choose an
1: immense brand of chaos for that to come through.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that would just be wild to, to, to have to have it happen. So yeah, I, I just give me three out of four of, the te- four of these teams staying. If I have to predict it, I'm going to say it's Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Tennessee. That's going to be my four that go to the playoffs. If I'm going to say it today, that's my that's my four.
1: Okay. I, I by the way, Ohio State, Michigan play a week from Saturday, so they do have one Sorry, game. Yeah, in yeah that's potentially right. Potentially screw up, but we kind of both expect them to not at this point the way they've been looking. But I agree with you on one thing. I think Georgia's making it unless they lose out, basically. That's the only way they're not making it at this point. They're going to make it. I think Ohio State, even if they lose to Michigan, I think they have a really good shot of getting in. It really does come down to TCU, honestly, is what I'm kind of looking at as well, too. What does TCU do? No pun, no rhyme intended there. If they went out, they're obviously in. And looking at their schedule, I mean, they play Iowa State at the end of the season, not too worried. They do play Baylor, which... Baylor's underperformed is, a yeah. little bit this year, but like they're still pretty, a pretty decent team as well. Like they, them and Oklahoma State are pretty good. They've just really badly underperformed this year. But I think that is something don't get trapped looking at the lack of a ranking with Baylor, if that makes sense.
0: Don't get, don't uh, get, well, look, last year, TCU rattled off or one of the worst, like they were one of the worst teams last year and they beat a Baylor team who was going to a big bowl last year. Exactly. So you might, might have the shoe on the other foot this year. I mean, who knows? Like, honestly, the Big Ten is kind of a uh, – or the Big 12 is kind of a slop fest anyways. Exactly.
1: And you looked at – I mean, Texas and TCU, that was a weirdly close game as well. Too. I know Texas was, for some reason, the favorite going in there, and TCU did end up winning just fine. But, like, it was an ugly game. They made, they made Dugan's life a little bit miserable out there as well. Too. He wasn't able to score 1,700 yards and 14 touchdowns, as we're used to seeing per game from him. So I'm really curious what they do. But I'm with you. George is coming in. I think Ohio State's basically in unless they lose out or if Michigan absolutely lambasts them. That Because I think, I'm going to say the TCU wins out just because I don't because I don't want to disrespect the undefeatedness of them, if that makes sense. They've earned this spot, so I'm going to say they get in. I do think, I don't trust USC to win the conference, if that makes sense. I don't trust them to win, because you have to win out if you're USC to have a chance. Everyone's talking about Oregon might have the chance if they win out. The Pac-12 is always so damn loopy and that the team that can make it always screws it up at the end. It's always Oregon the last couple of years. It was Utah a few years before that. Like the team that has a chance always screws it up. So I don't trust USC right now. If they went out, I think they get into that four spot, but I don't think they'll win out. So I'm agreeing with you. I think Tennessee is going to get in there. So I have the same four as you just be, but I, I'm really uncomfortable with it with TC. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm skeptical with TCU if they can, because they saw that big 12 championship game too. And it's kind of talked about last year. They were a little bit shaky. Now all of a sudden they're a top four playoff team. Like, does something give? Does the Cinderella does the Cinderella glass shoe snap eventually, like or crack? So, I have a lot of questions on that, but I'm going to go with you. I have the same four. It'll probably be Georgia, Ohio State, TCU. Give me Tennessee. I think they get in there, even as a non-conference winner, because of what they have to offer and what who they've played, who they beat, and they have a Heisman Trophy front runner on there as well too. So we'll have the same four, and I think we're going to see a Georgia-Tennessee rematch out of the gate.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think you're exactly right, and I think that's a big one. That's look everybody say what you will but the college football playoff is a money making machine a machine being the key word here yes we already know we're hmm. not in the the old computer era of the BCS it's still the same thing like it's just people in a boardroom just being like yeah that's going to make us a lot of money we'll go with that that's going to be the one that we go with
1: really you know like it. Real quick, before we jump to the next topic, there's talk about expanding the college football playoff in the next couple of years. This would be the ultimate year to have the 18 team playoff with the, with that little cluster we have there for that five spot right now. With imagine LSU, Tennessee, USC, all those teams like one of them getting into that spot right now. This would be the old ult- a great year to have eight teams as well. Too does Alabama get that last spot? Does Clemson get that last spot? Does Utah sneak in? Does North Carolina sneak in? Like the right net this year would be a great one to have eight because there's obviously Georgia, but everybody else is kind of right in that contention as well too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 have, I think it'd be a fantastic time. By the this. time we get it, it's going to be a two, two person
1: race. Again, it's going to go right back to like the yeah. Alabama Clemson four feet in a row, basically. As soon as we get the eight teams. In.
0: I mean, it's no different than, than, than the F- FBS you look at the F or well, sorry, FCS, uh, yeah, the, North Dakota what State. was D D1, one, D one double a at the end, at the end, at the time. Um, You know, you you look at them; they're six teams that get a buy. Those are their top-ranked teams. Well, I should say, get a double buy. They end up, they end up the favorite, anyways, at the end of the day. So, but it's like it is great entertainment to watch the first two rounds of the FCS play the playoff, just because it's just really entertaining to watch some of these teams that are just like, yeah, they're probably not going to win, but let's see how far they can make a run. You know, you think of some of the darlings the last couple seasons upsetting a few teams here and there. I mean austin p of all people made it two rounds last year like I who, who would have thought austin p was going to go on a run for two for two rounds into, into that until they met one of the teams that got a buy or double buy and so it's like you know the the, the double the, the the playoff system is really fun and and honestly and the more you extend it it's really entertaining and it's, it's college look they we've already we are we're already paying the kids so now let's just have fun with it at this point in time let's make it as as entertaining as much of a Fan spectacle as possible while giving these kids the most competitive opportunities that they could possibly have. Because let's be honest, some of these games, I don't need to see a team play Vanderbilt for the seventh time. Like, I don't need to see that many Vanderbilt beatdowns in my life. Hmm. So, if you can cut down two Vanderbilt beatdowns and give me playoffs instead, I'm going to take that. Give me that all day long.
1: 100% as well too. Like there's there's plenty of options here and hopefully when they when and if they do expand the, the college football playoff it will have something like this where there's a lot of teams where it's like well on the right day who knows I mean hell FSUB, LSU is RJ in they're on the, <laughs> to start the season off as well and now look where LSU is so yeah. anything can happen any given saturday to to completely butcher a former cliche. But sticking in college football we've talked about the playoff but there's something else we want to take a look at and that is the current Heisman race. The the race for the Heisman this year Similar to last year, right now, there is no clear, it's not like one person running away with it, if that makes sense. Last year it took kind of a Herculean performance in the SEC Championship game for Bryce Young to kind of capture it, if that makes sense, considering Ken Walker was right there, and there's a lot of other guys. This year I feel like we're in a similar scenario as well, too. There's a couple front runners, but there's a lot of people that in these next two weeks can make a lot of noise for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's 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 a fun, it's actually a fun Heisman situation, right? Like obviously we have we have C J Stroud out there, he is he he but Ohio State up to this point what what have they really faced other than a challenge from Notre Dame, which is not a look very lot. good right now. <laughs> yeah, which which is kind of the saddest probably moment of Ohio State at the end of the day if you if you're really honest. Although Notre Dame got back into the rankings, they're you know sitting at 18, so it doesn't look terrible, but it's still not great. Um, but like you know C J Stroud obviously who has he played, but then beyond below him there's some names that are like Hendon Hooker, Derek May. I mean like there's some dudes that are below him that I'm like, I want to see them just like have an absolute ball these last couple of weeks and see if they can take maybe chink, chink some of that armor for Mm -hmm. CJ Stroud, if you will, because I think, I don't think he's infallible. I don't think CJ Stroud is infallible by any means. And he's going up in in his toughest contest the next two weeks. I'm not counting the big 10 championship game because they're likely going to play Illinois. Mm -hmm. That doesn't count. (laughs) <laughs> um, no no offense to any Illini fans out there, Coach Steve, I'm talking to you. You know, it's just it's not their moment right now to try to beat a Ohio State or Michigan, although they could. Who knows?
1: Absolutely. Um, Before we get yeah. into our place, we'll just rattle off some more of the cans so Obviously, CJ Stroud and Hendon Hooker, you mentioned Blake Corm, the running back from Michigan. We do say in the comment as well. We appreciate you jumping in with the comment as well. Caleb Williams out of USC, Drake May both stuffing the stat sheets. They have case Max Dugan. We mentioned with TCU. If they run the table and he continues to stuff the stat sheet, anything can happen. Your boy, Bo Nix out of Oregon, probably probably going to fall out of that race right now as well. But he's been right in the thick. He was right in the thick of it till this last week. He might just miss out barring an absolutely insane next couple of games, but he might've just missed out. And then there's still weirdly enough stats and Jaden Daniels from LSU and Georgia respectively, probably both not going to get consideration or any, but they could sneak into an invitation at that point as well too. But I think we're in agreement. It's about a four person race with a couple of guys sticking out head and shoulders. So, Go ahead and give me your top three rankings for for the highs and what you like. We'll start with your winner and the, your two runner ups. Like if you were inviting to New York, which three are you taking right now? Oh
0: man, if I could only take three, okay. I'd obviously, no, take we C. can C. do Stray. five
1: you want. We'll do five because this year's a little crowded.
0: Okay, if I could take five, all we'll right. Five. We'll, we'll
1: give it. We'll go five this year. We'll break the rules a bit.
0: All right. So if I'm going to take five, I'm going to obviously take C.J. Stroud. There, I'm just. There's no question about that one at at this point in time. He has to go. Um, I do also say Blake Corum does deserve an invite he's not gonna win it uh, let me just be very clear about that he, he's he's not even the best running back in college football today and yes I'm gonna catch some flack for that but you know what he's not the best running he's not the best fo- uh, running back in there uh, I am taking Mohammed Ibrahim the best running back in college football today from Minnesota he will go as Ooh. well so that's three give me Max give me Dugan <laughs> out of TCU and also give me Hendon Hooker those are my five. And I'm gonna say my fit, my winner of those five is gonna be Hendon Hooker. By the
1: by the way, I just want to know you got you you got some words coming in the comment section for you as well too. They're def- he he he's a, he disagrees with you on the Blake Coram one as well too. Like you mentioned, you will catch some flack for that one. Mo- but
0: Mohammed Ibrahim has ran for over 100 yards in nearly 22 straight games. 22. I-
1: so what you're what? saying is if you have either running
0: back, you're feeling pretty darn good. Like look, I I, I like Blake Corum. I you know I respect him. I, I think I think his talent is undeniable. But with all of that said, he's not the best running back in college football. This is like the this is like the old Toby Gerhardt conversation. Toby mm. Gerhardt was the best foot running back in college football. He ran up the middle for over 2,000 yards and he got shafted. And and Period. Point blank, because some kid was from a bigger school. This is if if Blake Corum wins the Heisman, it's the same thing over again. <laughs> so I'm I'm not gonna say that kid's name because we all know my feelings towards him. Uh, yeah,
1: we, we we don't have enough time left in the episode for that now.
0: But yeah, no, I think I think the winner for me, I, I'm gonna say Henan Hooker. Um, look, I, I yeah, he lost to Georgia. Oh no, so did everybody else in the world at this point in time, and so we'll. Probably everybody else on the rest of the way to the to the champ, national championship at this point in time. The way George is playing, I got to watch him in person. Terrifying. Literally, that defense is terrifying, unless they decide they want to go play twelve yards away from the line of scrimmage and forget cover deep. That's a different story. But no, Hendon Hooker, man, listen to these stats: seventy-one point one percent completion rate on the season, two thousand eight hundred eighty-eight yards passing, another four hundred five on the ground, twenty-four passing touchdowns to two interceptions. Oh, and by the way. Let's just throw in five extra rushing touchdowns for just a little sprinkle on top. Like, give me a head and hooker, man. This The story for Tennessee this season, the talent that is undeniable, as he goes, Tennessee goes, has been very obvious. And some of the standout games he's had, I mean, you just got to give him credit where credit's due. Obviously, the Georgia game was a stall out, but every other game has been magical.
1: One hundred percent. I think too. I think Hendon Hooker is making a lot of noise, showing that he, he should be a first round pick at quarterback. Maybe not one of those top three guys, but you should definitely don't overlook him when it comes to the draft process. I think he's showing a lot of transferable skill as well too. So when I look at the, when I look at the race, if I could bring five, obviously we're agreeing with you. The top two, C.J. Stroud and Hendon Hooker, they're they're going to New York. They're part of this. That's not even that's not a question. I'm going to throw Blake Corum in there as well too. Thirteen hundred plus rushing yards, seventeen touchdowns the leading player on a top three school. So I'm going to get Blake Corham in there. This is where I'm going to go a little bit off. I'm going to go a little bit more off the rails here. I'm bringing in Caleb Williams. The stats, what he has done to the stat sheet is just short of assault. He has put up 39 touchdowns to two interceptions, 37 touchdowns, excuse me, to two interceptions and about 330 yards a game. It's the pack 12. They do have a loss. If they win out, I think that solidifies him going. I agree with you. It might be tough to win at that point because smaller school and all that not smaller school, but you know what I mean. Compared, it's a Pac-12 school. and Nobody watches the Pac-12 anymore, unfortunately, or they always brush it off to the side. So, Caleb Williams, I think, is going to go there when they look at that stat line. And I'm also going to bring in Blake Dugan, or sorry, Max Dugan. My apologies, Max Dugan, because <laughs> I
0: did it too. Don't worry. Top
1: top four team in the country. The the catalyst of their offense, like kind of like what Cam Newton was for Auburn back in the day, where everything runs through them. That's kind of what we see with Dugan right now as well. I agree. I don't think he'll probably win it, but I think he deserves an invite, especially the win out for the winner. I think CJ Stroud, I'm going to go with CJ Stroud on this one. It's not anything. It's not like a hot take. It's not a steamy surprise or anything like that. If I bet money on it, it's probably the favorite, but he's clearly the best passer, right? As far as passing quarterbacks in college football, he's probably the leader. I mean, he's tied with the lead in touchdown passes, and he's only thrown the ball like what? 27 ish times or something like, I think it was 27 times in the fourth quarter. Cause they're always whooping on everybody. So it in like 75% of the time he's tied for the lead in touchdown passes, the best receiver in college football, Marvin Harrison, Jr. He could throw it up to at any given point. I know Jalen Hyatt with a uh, Tennessee. would like to enter the conversation with that. But right now I think Marvin Harrison, Jr. Is the number one Jackson Smith and Jigma might come back for the, at some point in the next few weeks, maybe for the big 12, big 10 championship game, add that, add another weapon there. I just think CJ Stroud's going to stay steady the rest of the way. And I think he'll have a big performance against Michigan. Cause I do think Michigan's defense isn't quite as good this year as it was last year. Last year I think it was exceptional. This year I think it's really good. And I think I think he's gonna be able to find some spots. And I think they're gonna if they match up the when they match up, I'm gonna go with Ohio State in that one, barring the thing goofy happening in the next week. So give me CJ Stroud to take the Heisman. But I think Hendon Hooker's gonna be right on his tails, right on his tail. The problem is he won't have that SEC championship game to propel himself. Yeah. And I think it's almost out of sight, out of mind, which I think will hurt him, unfortunately. Unless CJ Stroud and Blake Corn both wet the bed. And then they then they end up dropping where Hendon Hooker doesn't have to move and gets benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to stick with CJ Stroud. Not really a surprise. Not really like hot take. Not a steam, not pulling one out of left field. But that, I think those champ those conference championship games make a huge deal these days. It worked. For, I mean, look at Bryce Young last year. It was a close contested race. Maybe Bryce Young was the leader after we did a Georgia the SEC championship game. Crown his, you know what? In crown, you want to crown him, then crown him, and that's exactly what they did.
0: Yeah, and by the way, I do have to correct myself. Uh, I did say that Ibrahim has nearly 22 straight 100-yard rushing games. Actually, he has 23 total uh, 100-yard-plus rushing games in his career, 18 straight. Um, and by the way, the last nine came after a torn ACL. So, yeah. So what you're nice. saying is he's still awesome. Yeah, 1,200-plus yards this season, no big deal or anything. You know, another yeah, just, 18 touchdowns, Just just simply doing it for a team that nobody looks at. Just,
1: you know, and maybe if they didn't have some issues uh everywhere else, who knows, maybe Minnesota would be making some noise as well. too. they were a bit of a commodity coming into the year, but they've been a little bit, I don't want to say disappointing because it's still Minnesota, but they haven't quite made as much noise as maybe I was looking at as well, but that's going to do it for our Heisman rankings as well, too. Now we're going to head off into the main event and the main event, of course, brought to you by our friends over at Manscaped use Kyle code Sports at checkout, get yourself 20% off your order. And right now they're offering free shipping on a lot of a lot of their items as well, too. So, Get yourself or someone special in your life a nice little gift. And Kelsey, it's been an absolute pleasure to work with them. And it looks like we'll be working on them for a little bit longer because they've right. decided to keep us around for a few more months as well.
0: Yeah. Shout out Manscaped, uh, allowing us to continue to talk about balls in different ways, uh, if yeah. you will. And then our parents must be so proud, right? Like now we get we get to hang out and talk about sports balls and other balls, and we get to actually get paid for it. So, not too bad. You know, our yeah. parents must be super, super excited to, to be like, oh, yeah, my son talks about well balls on the internet
1: you know what it could be worse Uh, i'll I'll say it's a steady improvement for my early on trajectory so you know what i i have exceed i have broken the glass barrier here's where we're at but use code hilo sports at checkout at manscaped.com get yourself 20 percent off we appreciate you all stick around listening to us and if you do decide to go there help us out we greatly appreciate it but for the main event we're gonna talk a little bit of nfl football now as well too and you know what it's the it's the middle of the season for the NFL, so what better time than start crowning some more awards as well? We just did it with the Heisman, so we're gonna go down the we're gonna go down the gauntlet of the NFL awards and say who we think is the would be the winner at the midway point of the season. We saw, I think it was Fox released some of theirs as well too. We're we're gonna go with ours. We're gonna probably some of us will probably steer a little bit off the tracks, but I'm looking forward to it. No. so Kelsey, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and kick us off with this one. I'm gonna run through my list here. I'll give a quick explanation, then we'll run through your list as well. I'm gonna start with MVP. Going to a tug of Tugavailoa. The Dolphins are undefeated in games that he starts and finishes. No word that starts and finishes. I'm not counting the ones where he, where he ends up with a major brain injury during it. In the games where he finishes, they are undefeated. He is among the league leaders in passing yards and passing touchdowns per game. But I'm saying per game because he has a little bit less time than some of those guys at the top. Two receivers in the top five receiving yards, which means they're getting opportunities. Tyreek Hill leading the way. Jalen Waddle, I believe, is at four. He is like 25th, I think his receivers are in the bottom seven or eight in yards after the catch. So he's not throwing screens and watching Jalen Wild and Tyreek Hill take off. He is pushing the ball down the field when it needs to be. It's not the it's not the check down and they run narrative as well too. They are attacking the middle of the field because you have to play zone or play off of those receivers, otherwise they run by you significantly. And he is ripping apart the zones with his accuracy, his anticipation, and his ball placement, the things that we talked about coming out. He's not Justin Herbert ripping at 50 yards while rolling to his left. He's not Joe Burrow slide stepping electric sliding in the pocket, basically tap dancing like Gregory Hines to avoid sacks and then throwing a laser to Jamar chase. He's dropping back, hitting his fifth step, ripping that dig route over the middle. Tyreek Hill catches it and he can run. And if they, if that safety steps up, there's a guy right over the top. So give me to a tuck of right now. And I think by the end of, that offense is prolific, the yards and touchdowns per game when he is there, astronomical he just needs basically more quarters to catch up with everybody else at this point so give me two of her mvp i'm going to scroll down go down to the next one we'll come come back offensive player of the year this is where i'm going to go this is where i'm going to jump off the rails i'm going to say barkley the leading rusher in the league right now the giants workhorse gets it done on the ground gets it done in the air he has he has daniel jones looking very very comfortable out there he has vanilla vick looking like michael vick right now as well too they are 6-2, and 7-2, and two, I believe. They are an absolute surprise to everybody, especially me, who had them going 2-15 in our preseason predictions. And I had them uh, getting plowed for Stroud, if you will. But right now, they are a legit playoff team. And honestly, I think they might even be the team nobody wants to play with the way Brian Dabble has them playing. And a lot of that is led by Saquon Barkley. Just setting the tone offensively, they need to play in the fourth quarter. It's always him. They don't win by double-digit points, hardly ever. I think their first one was against the Texans. They are always in close games, and Saquon Barkley is that home run hitting player for him. Defensive Player of the Year, Micah Parsons is the odds-on favorite, but there's a sleeper pick that I think is going to continue to do it, and he's your favorite player in the NFL because of his long red sleeves that you can't miss from anywhere, everywhere, I'm, everywhere, no matter what. He's the easiest player to find on the field. I'm going with Matt Judon as Defensive Player of the Year, 11 and a half sacks leading the way. I think it's 10 tackles for loss in the top four. He's a machine right now. That Patriots defense. Name me one other person on their defense besides Devin McCourty, Jonathan Jones. He's been injured a lot at the same time. And fair enough,
0: (laughs) that's that's fair. But you said just name one, and that's the only. Oh, 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 uh, um, um, Lawrence Guy. There you
1: go. There you go. Yeah, a guy that you because his name. There we go. (laughs) So my point, my point being, like Matthew Judon has been an absolute wrecking machine up front. At the pace he's going, he's going to lead the league in sacks. I know. Micah Parsons, they don't use him as a pass rusher quite as much as like Matthew Judon, is exclusively one. Micah Parsons is awesome. But I think when Matt Judon's going to finish the season with close to 20-ish sacks, and I think unless Micah Parsons can give you like 17 couple of four couple more forced fumbles, it's going to be closer. I think it's closer than people think. And I like Matthew Judon's schedule the rest of the way as well. Offensive rookie of the year, the only reason this guy is rookie of the year, it's or is I'm picking right now is because it's of the year so far. Give me Chris Olave from the Saints. Since the day he stepped foot on on the field for the Saints, well we can see Michael Thomas basically quit playing after Week One, and they have not missed a beat from there. Their problem is they have Andy Dalton throwing the ball right now, and Jameis Winston with broken bones in his back, and then Taysom Hill getting random snaps, and he's still producing. He's still among the league leaders in rookie receivers. If you in like two weeks, ask me again. It'll probably be Ken Walker because the last four weeks it has been Ken Walker comfortably. But those four first four weeks before Rashad Penny's injury, he wasn't getting enough burn. So. Right now it's Olave, but Ken Walker during the last month has been absolutely insane. He's honestly already number two in that limited amount of time. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I wanted to go with Woolen for out of Seattle, five picks. I think second in the league, he's been incredible. I'm going to go with Sauce Gardner, though. Leads the league in pass breakups. He's completely changed the attitude, the feel, the, wit, the gangster of that Jets defense. They were terrible last year, and now they're elite. So much so that even when Zach Wilson is spinning in circles and throwing three picks, they're competitive in games. Granted, he played going well, for your, what 18 yards exactly. And in his worst games, they're in competitive every game. They've been able to play cover four, cover one, What all those things that Sala really loves, they're able to do that because of Sauce Gardner as well. Too he really he revolutionized that defense. So give me Sauce Gardner, coach of the year, Brian Dabble is right there. But for the sake of fun, and I already gave a giant an award today, I'm going with Kevin O'Connell of Minnesota, especially after what they pulled off last week. We... You've called Kirk Cousins, and I quote, the mid of mids. I think that is a safe way. He has Kirk Cousins wearing 17 chains and glasses right now, looking like he looks like an MVP candidate right now. If if we take away the name, the way he's playing, he looks like an MVP candidate in a lot of these games. He's been, what Kevin O'Connell's done to rebuild that offense. We saw how bad they were. They basically given up. I don't want to say given up on Mike Zimmer. but Mike Zimmer's a defensive guy, and the defense had fallen off. And their offense, well, the offense was always kind of, there's always holes in it. So give me Kevin O'Connell, who they're tied for – they're a half a game behind first place in the NFC. And at this point, you still get to play the Lions again. You still get to play the Bears. You do get to play the Packers, who we'll see if they are turning it around. We have There's a lot of questions. So give me Kevin O'Connell for a, an underrated Coach of the Year performer. And especially if they continue – they just beat the Bills in Buffalo. They do have some real marquee games they can make some noise on as well. Then for fantasy MVP, this one's just kind of a fun one as well too. I'm going to go with Justin Fields, and I know I, it's the exact opposite of what I said for Chris Olave. For him, he got it because it's of the year. Well, what Justin Fields has done in this last month is completely expedited everything else. He is the leading fantasy. Between him at first place during that time, he has like 142 fantasy points. Second place is two at like 90, whereas 54th on the list is Davis Mills. That's like in the, I think, in the 50s. So there's a bigger gap between two and 54. Or there's a bigger gap between one and two than there is from two to fifty-four. That's how incredible Justin Fields has been in fantasy, and anyone who has him on his team, you just need functioning bodies on the rest of your on the rest of your team, and you'll you'll be you'll be fine. I know you're smiling because you have him, and he's unfortunately been on your bench because you have Patrick Mahomes, who is like what third on this list probably. So it's not like yeah, like
0: it's it's the hardest thing in the world is because I'm like I want to start him, and yeah, I'm like oh I get thirty-six points out of Patty, but I could have got forty-eight out of Justin, like. Really?
1: Exactly. That, so you're stuck in that weird conundrum. But like if you just have functioning bodies around Justin Fields on your fantasy team right now, you're in the driver's seat. It's kind of like if you had Jonathan Taylor or, or Cooper Cup or God forbid both, like I was able to get last year, then you're in it. Then you're a real dangerous threat. So give me Justin Fields for fantasy MVP. Just to run through my list real quick before we get into Kelsey's MVP to a tug of Offensive player of the year, Saquon Barkley. Defensive player of the year, Red Sleeves Matt Judon. Offensive Rookie of the Year Chris Olave, Defensive Rookie of the Year Sauce Gardner, Coach of the Year Kevin O'Connell from Minnesota, and Fantasy MVP Justin Fields.
0: All right. Well, hey, I like your list. Uh, I think your list is fantastic. Uh, just so much so that okay, I
1: disagree on every single one. right I'm going to
0: disagree on every single one but one. Uh, I, I'll just go ahead and say that right now. But I, I don't. It's not like I disagree because yeah, you know sure. you're wrong. It's I disagree because well, I believe personally. Hmm. different just just slightly differently like i mean i'm just going a little bit different so for that case i'm gonna start with my mvp and you know i again this is a guy that i guess we just talked about a little bit just based off of our fantasy talk talk. but that's patrick Mahomes. i think patrick mahomes just is doing so much in one of the hardest divisions i you know if you hiker back to our afc west conversation when we were talking about predictions i said it was the hardest division in the world right now I stand by that. So I still think it's the toughest division in the world. Granted, if you the AFC East has a whole lot to say about that right now, and the NFC um, East
1: has a whole lot to say about
0: that. Who yeah, NFC East as well as has, a, has a, wants to have a conversation with me. But I I still think just as far as competition goes, granted the health hasn't been there for everybody in the AFC West. But I just think what Patty's done against the competition he's done it against is silly in a whole new offense. It's a whole different style offense if you can watch if you watch it. So it, I do think it's just kind of silly what he's been able to do. Um, so I'm going to go MVPs, Patty. I just I think it's just too nothing against Tua, nothing at all against Tua. Honestly, had it not been for his team's issues, I would have. I, I literally thought about putting Tua up there, but it's because his team's issues more so than his issues. And and when I say his team's issues, I mean the medical staff and their coaching staff and the decision. That, yeah, that's all. That's, yeah, that's Anyways, you so can't MVP, putting Patty
1: as MVP is never a wrong choice for the last half decade, basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. So I'm going to take Patty here um, as my uh, as my, my MVP. Um, now, Offensive Player of the Year, obviously, you know, I, I got to say, you would say, Quan, I respect that, but I'm actually going to steal your preseason prediction for a guy for Offensive Player of the Year, and that's the guy that's making the mid of all mids look like a god. <laughs> and that's Jay Jettas. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson here um, with Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, again, Just you, you don't just make Kirk Cousins look good. In the way just Jefferson has been, unless you know you you are some sort of talented, and if anybody just saw the catch he just had, uh, yeah, everybody, everybody should have to have a conversation about this man being at least offensive player of the year. Maybe, maybe making a conversation for MVP as a receiver. We'll see. Especially um, if he uh, if he
1: passes up Tyree Kill and gets on cracks that two thousand yards receiving, we'll we'll see.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is is, is you know I kind of thought about putting I thought thought about putting Kill here, but again I. What two has been able to do to help Tyreek? It was was the, it is the reason I didn't put Tyreek. Obviously, everybody's like, "Oh, Jay Jeddus isn't number one." Cooper Cup wasn't number one through most of the season last year, but then he ended up shooting up in the last three weeks. So you know what? We'll see what Jay Jeddus can do. Uh, but yeah, Jay Jeddus, offensive player of the year, uh, defensive player of the year for me. I respect Red Sleeves Judon. I love him to death just because you can see him literally anywhere. Uh, I was really mad when I went and watched the Browns. Uh, Patriots game, and he initially didn't have his sleeves on. Super, hmm. super angry, super mad because I'm like, that is literally the only, the only reason I'm out here, Matthew. I want to see your red oh, sleeves. On, and super and bad. to be honest, I will say like, wasn't the only reason. There's a big guy on the other side. That is a big reason, and that's my defensive player of the year, and that's Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is my defensive player of the year right now. I'm sitting at second so far in in in, in, in odds of. Winning Defensive Player of the Year, only ahead of him is Michael Parsons. I just don't like Michael Parsons as a as a favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. Personally, he's just not just not my guy. Uh, I do think Miles Garrett a little bit a little bit more consistent. Obviously, he had the car accident and all that issue earlier this season. Um, still plays for the Browns. The Browns are having their own issues, but I do think a lot will be determined in these last couple of weeks.
1: And he's been um, the most double-teamed player in the NFL comfortably by a large margin this year as
0: well. Too, it's not even yeah, not even close, <laughs> not even close. Uh, so that's my defense player. I don't, I don't feel like I don't, I don't, don't, need to say much more about Miles Garrett. And if you, if you haven't watched football in, in the last decade, then you probably don't understand what Miles Garrett does. But just go turn on the tape, you'll understand. I don't need to really explain it too much more. Um, so give me offensive rookie of the year though. This one was fun. I, I, I like offensive rookie of the year because. There are three running backs. Well, there were three running backs that were really head and shoulders above everybody else, along with Chris Olave. Well, one of those running backs obviously got injured. But there's been the other guy. The 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 guy down south, if you will, that's just been rattling off points after points after more points. And that's Damian Pierce. This, this dude has pushed out three running backs with veteran experience who have been a top tier running back at one point in time Just pushed him out of houston he said goodbye i don't need you anymore i am the bell cow let me do my thing damian pierce has been offensive rookie of the year i don't think this is like the james robinson situation a few years back when he was a rookie he is just absolutely so strong as a running back you kind of just have to let him go because he's he's giving you so many points uh, i mean uh, like if, if houston didn't have damian pierce right now i don't know what Houston would look like offensively. That's and that's the question. Like Davis Mills can only carry you so far, and it's really about as far as long as, long as that neck is. That's about as far as he can carry you. So you're not getting a whole lot there. Um, but Damian Pierce has just been a stud, I think, top to bottom. Obviously, Kenneth Walker uh, is, is worth a mention in there. Brees Hall before the entry was worth a mention in there as well. Um, and Chris Olave, I look, I, he was my preseason prediction, so I can't really take a whole lot away from my preseason prediction being offensive rookie of the year candidate still looking really good.
1: I will say if Jameis Winston did not have his broken back, I think he's even more solidified than that. But Andy Dalton, that offense is stuttered and you have no Mike Thomas and a banged up Jarvis Landry. Like it's literally Chris Olave save us.
0: Exactly. So that's, uh, that's why I'm going there with, I'm going with Damian Pierce, offensive rookie of the year. Um, Now this is the only one I'm going to agree with you on Hmm. in the entirety. And that's defensive rookie of the year. And that is because I don't think if you can be considered sane, if you disagree on defensive rookie of the year right now, uh, it is sauce. It is sauce and always has been sauce and will continue to be the sauce. I'm uh, well, say the sauce boss, if you will, because um, now he actually has his own sauce at, at Buffalo Wild Wings, which is actually so. pretty good, by the way, have had it, it is quite good, but I, it's better if you get with
1: like a ranch or if you're a blue cheese person for some weird reason, then go and get your blue cheese. But I want whatevers to keep that away from me. But it is much better if you mix it with the ranch. Like it's good by itself, but it's even it complements ranch really, really well.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, he, he's he lives in New York now. They 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 do the blue cheese thing up there. <laughs> it makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, t- Buffalo. Now they he, they they play in New Jersey. They don't get to play that card. He lives in New York. Plays in New Jersey.
1: That's fair. In that case, he can. I'm just saying you can't do it at the stadium then.
0: But yeah, no, like it's it, Sauce Gardner has just been an absolute stud. Still continuing his record of in man coverage, giving up zero touchdowns in his career how i i I thought for sure that was gonna be a week one done thing like
1: one of digs maybe like Jalen waddle or tyreek hill one of them might just catch him slightly out of position but no
0: and here's the insane thing combined the top tier receivers he has faced have less than 150 total yards against him
1: that's a good list of receivers when you look down that list too
0: i actually want to say honestly want to say it's like 80 total yards i believe is actually where they're sitting as like 84 total yards and it's like seven, 17 catches in 10 weeks. And I think Stupid. that's even
1: including zone, like where he's just the closest guy in zone coverage too. So like straight man coverage, it's even less than that, I believe too.
0: Yeah, he's an absolute stud. I don't know. I don't know how people let him slip. <laughs> like slip we, we were talking far. about him potentially being a number one pick, like sneaking his way into the number one pick. And I feel like not being number one, especially in this draft, like Jacksonville, you messed up. Like Sherry Walker's Walker is okay. But you messed up by not getting this dude. And I, I say he slipped, and he went like what four, four, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> say that with what you will, but I feel like that's still like a that just shows you how good he's been. He he slips and he goes and he goes at number four, and that's still not good enough. He should be a number one overall pick. Um, so that takes me to coach of the year though. You didn't give him the award, but you give him a shout out, and I got to give him the award. Um, we talked about this the other day actually. Uh, we were, we were talking about the you know, you know maybe Mike McDaniel, maybe maybe you know. Um, you, you look out there and, and give it to Kevin O'Connell, potentially. Uh, but, yeah, I got to give it to Brian Dabble. It's just because <laughs> this team is awful. It was, it was projected to be awful. Like, we all projected them four, five, six, seven wins. I think eight wins at the max is any any projection I saw. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're about to surpass that already. So, I don't think there's any question in anybody's mind that Brian Dabble is the dude right now, coach of the year. Um, I do respect your Kevin O'Connell commentary because, again, making the mid of all mids look like a not mid—pretty, uh, pretty, pretty impressive, uh, pretty, pretty darn impressive. But I do chalk that up a little bit more to you know Jay Jeddah's gangsterness then than anything else. Um, but yeah, give me Brian Dabble here, and, and this is a move that we all kind of saw coming. Like we talked about it before the season that Brian Dabble in two seasons would be a coach of the year. I didn't—I don't think either of us thought it was going to be this year, but two seasons in the like give him a dra- give him two drafts. And he's going to be that dude. And I mean, who was I to think that Brian dabble is now going to be that dude in what a half a season at this point in time. It's, it's impressive to watch. Uh, I don't think there's any, any single question about that. And I, man, I don't know what, I don't know what they could do, but like right now, I feel like there's just one move they need to make. And I don't know what it is on that team because there's pieces that are, that are, should not be playing well. Like I look at their secondary, they should not be playing well they're playing exceptionally well and that really confuses me i'm like on paper you guys are trash Hmm. but on the field not bad
1: i'll say like i had them going two and 15 having the number one overall pick i thought brian dabble needed a season to basically clear house and then next year he's going to get his quarterback and his players and then they were going to start rolling did not realize that they already had his players because i did not think they had the players to be his players but they took advantage of those two top 10 picks i guess after all he has Daniel Jones looking like vanilla Vic and it sounds like he's the guy they're going to stick around with as well too. So if that's the case. Grab a receiver, go get Jordan Addison, go get Smith and Jigba, go get somebody. Cause well, the Kenny Galladay experiment clearly is not working. So I agree with you. I, they surpassed all expectations times 10. So Brian dabble is probably should win. it. Like, if we had to give the award
0: right now, he probably should get it. Yeah. I mean, it's just been, it's been a wild season. Um, I, I, I there's, there's like five rookie coach of the years that have a potential to be, you know, that dude. Uh, I think it's safe to say, um, I mean, you could even, you could even say Nick Sirianni um, with Philadelphia. Like, I don't think there's a question that that's a potential as well, um, which I mentioned because as I moved to fantasy, darling, um, mm-hmm. as I call them, as you call them a fantasy MVP, but I'm gonna call him fantasy darling this season. Um, a guy that I said it coming out of the draft. You said it coming out of the draft. Has a great chance to be a quality quarterback if he goes to the right system. Well, that first year, let's just be honest, that first year was awful. Um, last two seasons, though, got to say, pretty fantastic. And this season especially, wow, the trajectory of, uh, of ability increased in the season. And that's Jalen Hurts, sitting third right now in points total points scored in, in fantasy football. Has been an absolute stud, sitting at 219 points scored. I just... I. I look, I got to give credit where credit's due. He's an Eagle. That's so be it. He's a Bama guy, former Bama guy. So be it. He's a former Oklahoma guy. So be it. It's like all of my like dislikes in in the, in the football world just kind of came together. Hmm. Yeah. I love Jalen Hurts. Um, and, and it's, it's just what he does, how he carries himself. Um, honestly, it's just, it's everything he, he's able to do. And, and it's, it's his work ethic. It's his abilities. No quarterback should be able to increase the ability. Like no player has, has shown an increase in in my opinion from year two to year three, like we've seen with Jalen hurts. This has been an exponential increase between the last two seasons. And maybe it's the AJ Brown factor. I don't know, but I will say, sorry, I didn't say you. I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we're just going to skip that. I just skip forward and pretend I didn't say that, but yeah. And uh I just think Jalen hurts is, he's a stud. I uh, just, I got to give him the fantasy darling, honestly, potential MVP candidate as well. Um There's a couple guys you could probably say are both. Uh So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah i'll just i don't need to i don't need to explain much more jalen hurts is just give me yeah I'll, I'll take jalen hurts here for fantasy darling um yeah. and and call it swell i think i
1: that's yeah that's I a that's well. a pretty safe bet as well too i think jalen hurts you mentioned might just be very well in that mvp kennedy too so we've gone go ahead and give us a quick recap of your list before we start talking about how we think things will play out
0: yeah so i'm gonna start from the dot, top go back to the uh, go down uh patty mahomes my mvp Justin jefferson jay jettas offensive player of the year Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year. Damian Pierce out of the Texans, the Albans Rookie of the Year. Ahmad Saskardner is the Defensive Rookie of the Year for the Jets. Uh, Brian Dabble is my Coach of the Year. And then my fantasy darling is Jalen Hurts. And, I, you know, I just I couldn't say so many nice things about an eagle. That's why I started stuttering. So hmm. started hurting it, it, a little bit. It,
1: it, it burned your soul a little bit. So <laughs> now that we've kind of given our what we think so far, I kind of want to give you a few predictions as we look down towards the end of the season, projecting ahead. Obviously I think we both agree Sauce Gardner is the one that's going to stay. We don't have any anticipation of that one changing. Which of the other ones between either of our picks do you think will be like the final result? Like if you had to pick one right now and put a few put a few dollars on it, what's the one you think will hold to hold by the end of the year?
0: Um I'm going to say offensive player of the year being I could honestly say I feel like as offensive player of the year is pretty pretty well set in stone. Um and I I I know he's not again I'll say he's not top in receiving yards. I get that. But you you put the tape on, and you take Tyreek off of the Dolphins. The Dolphins still are a damn good team. The Dolphins' weapons right now are just absolutely outstanding. You take Jay Jettas off of the Vikings, what are we looking at? A two, maybe three win team potentially,
1: maybe four or five. I think I think they're still in the thick of it. I just don't think they're almost above it. I don't think they're like the third team in the league.
0: Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think I think Jay Jettas for me is my offense like as offensive player. I think he stays for sure. Um, barring major injury, I'm going to say Damian Pierce as well. Offensive rookie of the year. I think stays uh, as much as I love Chris Olave. There's just been too much back and forth there with quarterbacks to, to, to take over the outside of his control. <laughs> yeah. And, and also I should say barring a Kenneth Walker, like absolute monster end of the season. I mean, if, if, it, if there's potential there, if he a- averages like a hundred yards, two touchdowns in three out of those last seven games, like we could be looking at Kenneth Walker taking that, but he does what think, he's doing right now, basically just continues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I do, I do think Damian Pearson is, is there, and um, but I think those are the only two I'm feel com- like comfortable, comfortable with saying. Or, or like I, I don't even really feel comfortable with both of them. I really feel comfortable only with J.J. and that's just because of what he's doing on the field. Again, barring injury, um, I should say uh, is is the case because I could literally just there's like five guys I, in MVP that I could just see having a great three weeks and that changes the whole thing. So oh, I will say too, I,
1: what I do with is I agree with the JJ as one. Well Cause a, that was the preseason prediction. I hammered home. He was going to be the leading receiver. Like that was my, that was the hill I was ready to die on. And right now per game, he is leading. He just, he's had the bye week and Tyreek is not, and he's still not too far behind. So I agree. If I was putting money down, that's the one I go with. Cause I think, Even when I made that prediction, I thought it'd be a back half run for him as well. See, the first half of the season would be pretty good, but he'd really make it down the back half, which I think he will do as they've gotten more comfortable, everything new coach and everything. I'm going to probably be the outlandish one, but I'm sticking with Tua. I think he is going to finish that season as MVP because I think at this point they're leading. Buffalo is the darling that everybody loves, including the voters. Everyone loves Buffalo and Josh Allen. They're leading that division. They've beaten them head to head. Let's hypothetically say he beats them head to head again. It's good that's going to open up a lot of eyes, especially when you have two receivers that are doing so well. You brought in another running back and Jeff Wilson to go with Raheem Mostert. They did keep Micah Sicky. Thank goodness, gives him another security blanket. Your boy Cedric Wilson is on the team and not even getting used. They're fourth yeah. receiver, Like there's just so many weapons, and he is this is the perfect part where he's comfortable, where he's distributing. And I think the way Mike McDaniels has just built the offense around that, where he's basically playing point guard right now. They're asked they're letting him be Rajon Ronda. They're not asking him to be Damian Lillard if to just a force a basketball reference in there they're asking it to be chris paul not steph curry and i think he's going to stuff the stat sheet as he gets more of those quarters as well too because we know the mvp is a very much heavy stat award on a good team last year should have been tom brady for stats but aaron Rodgers was on the better team record wise so that's why he got it. and then the year before that Rodgers did both of them with an incredibly historic season on the number one seed and i think we're they're in a very prime position to be the number two seed in the AFC because I think Kansas City's in front-running position. But those per-game numbers for two, I think he's going to catch up to Patty here sooner than later as well. Patty mentioned the This, I'm really curious about that when the Dolphins play the Jets next because that Jets defense is pretty – we know about that Jets defense. We talk about them in nauseam. So if he can put up some numbers on that defense and stay healthy, the biggest thing is got to stay healthy. But I'd feel comfortable putting a few dollars on Tua right now. So I'm not putting the house on there. I, you don't bet the house on anything football. Early. No. do not do that, but I, w- I bet somebody else's house on it real quickly.
0: I will also say, I think, I think to your point, I think if you look at between like Patty and Tua down the stretch, um, kind of who has a tougher schedule, I think Patty actually has the tougher of the two schedules. And notoriously, he does go quiet around the turn of the new year. For like a good three weeks, he's notoriously had some bad weeks there. Ends up getting it together before the playoffs, but like think about going into the playoffs a couple years ago. Uh, when they when they went routed right off the you know their championship, it was like they were behind every single game going into the playoffs. Going into the playoffs, they had lost three straight, and then were behind every single game. So it was like you know, it, it's situations like that with Patty that you maybe Tua that's how Tua makes his run and and you know gets gets the leap over over uh, Patty for sure. There's a possibility, and then I also want to point out Coach of the Year, dude. I did, honestly. This one is quick, it turns on its head as quick as possible. I feel like it could be Kevin O'Connell, but if they go on a losing streak, it could be Brian Dabble. If they go on a losing streak, then it's definitely Nick Sirianni as long as the, the Eagles continue to win. Although you lose to Washington too many times, I don't know if you can be considered a coach of the year um, candidate there. And, and and again, you can say Mike McDaniel. If he's able to take that Dolphins team to a division title, that's there's too many of these awards that I, I look at. And I'm like, I could honestly go any way. This was just two bad weeks, it could go anyway. And to
1: hammer home on that, too, the reigning coach of the year, Mike Vrabel, is still in that conversation, too, because they just keep winning, even with a weird detriment of talent compared to every other team that has the same record as them. Like, you look at them and you're like, that team is mid, it is the mid of mids, to quote to quote you as well. And yet, they still keep hammering off, like, they almost had Malik Willis beat Patrick Mahomes at Kansas City.
0: That's how the good they're
1: Like, shocked. It's a, it's absolutely crazy. And they're, that's, we'll see how that one plays out as well, too. But I agree with you. These are some really fun midseason awards. It's always fun to do. We're curious to see how they play out as well, too. I, I really hope your Justin Jefferson one plays out because, well, that was my preseason prediction. So I want it to be, I want to at least have one of these right this year because a lot of our predictions so far have been, some have been really good, but some, well, we're just going to not talk about those ones. Like we'll just pretend not those a Wilson are. prediction. Let's just.
0: Yeah, you know, let's just let's focus on the good as well, but that will do it. I'm going to I'm going to hammer home my Russell Wilson prediction as being the greatest prediction. I think any of us have ever made on the show. You
1: know what it might be. I'm going to ta- I, I do like my NBA uh, preseason ones that work out, but obviously that, that one's a really good one. As We well. don't talk about the NBA predictions here.
0: We don't this this, oh, so we, we talk we, about we won't, those.
1: We, we won't talk Luke at all. Then, but that'll that'll do it here for our main event as well, too. We a little bit shorter one today because we're going to head into Kelsey's favorite part of every show
0: You really can sell to anyone from anywhere.
1: This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22.
0: Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team team ready. Ready.
1: Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready.
0: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
1: Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather.
0: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com teamready team ready.
1: Kelsey, we both got a little something on our mind here today for crunch time. So I'm going to let you go and go first because you're taking things global.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely right. We have the World Cup, ladies and gentlemen, Copa Mundial. If you are from any other part of the world that does not speak English, uh, World Cup in Qatar this year, first Winter World Cup ever in the history of the World Cup, and as expected, there have been problems and problems and problems leading up into the World Cup. But it is okay, ladies and gentlemen, because we are just a few four and time of this recording short days away. On Sunday, we have the first matchup. The host, Qatar, are leading it off. And that is the only unfortunate thing is because there's only one match on day one. But ladies and gentlemen, no need to fear. There are going to be plenty of matches going forward. And most importantly, if you live in the U.S. and follow us, is Group B. And by the way, guess, so. guess when that game happens? That is right. Absolutely. Monday, the first full slate of games. Um, will be Monday, and well, the U.S. just happens to be the cap off of that game of, of day one. So, cannot wait for that USA Wells on Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. But as always, like I said, Qatar they face Ecuador Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So that'll be a lot of fun to get that kicked off. Uh, I can't wait. Honestly, World Cup has been one of those slept-on things. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, a big fan, a big friend of our show, a guy who I, you know, I always end up on their show. At one point in time, I'm known as their super sub, if you will. Um, that is Insert Name FC. They are hosting a run your pool for the World Cup, and the link is going to be in the description down below after this is recording. So be sure to click on that, sign up, and get your get your predictions ready for the World Cup because you never know. Uh, Hector and Hector and Ed Edward might be giving away a, a jersey to the winner. Um, and by might be, I mean there might have been some some conversations had about that. <laughs> Uh, I mm-hmm. plan on taking home a brand new USA Jersey, uh, mm-hmm. not the white one though, because that Jersey is just a training top. I'm not going to, mm.
1: you know, and we all appreciate that as well too, but yeah, definitely looking forward to forward to the world cup. I think it's safe to say the biggest sporting event in the world as well too. maybe the Olympics is not too far behind when you fat, because of yeah. the world factor, but world cup, it, it has the world in the name of it. I mean, like one more
0: we Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny. Cause so uh, I've been reading up obviously on all the problems that they're having. Obviously if you guys don't know some of the issues, it gets up to 122 degrees air temperature in, in Doha, Qatar, and in many places in, in where they're having a, a tournament. There's actually even a floating stadium, which, by the way, is super cool, structurally engineered. They've, they've had a whole feature on it, super cool thing. But they have air conditioners in these stadiums, which is the first time that's ever been heard of. And they actually have, so like you have it Lambo Field with heaters running under the fields, some of the fields actually have coolant running under the fields to keep the ter- surface temperature lower than the air temperature. So really interesting factors playing into this one, um, and also if you're a fan happening to go, uh, interesting thing about Qatar—they do not allow alcohol consumption, which is a big thing in in, in the world football, uh, world soccer. However, they're making a one-time exception to inside of World Cup events only. Now, mind you, I will say this: if you are going there and you happen to be watching this show right now, first of all, thank you. Second of all, please send me a picture or <laughs> uh, a scarf or something or anything. Excuse me your cup. So, do not drink unless you are in a World Cup event because you will be arrested. But if you are going to go drink, I really, really hope you're rich because it is $12 per beer. There's no exception to that matter. And a mixed drink, uh, I don't even know. They have not released the price for the mixed drinks. So if you're going there, uh, yeah, by all means, send us a picture. A souvenir cup would be fantastic. We could add to DJ's collection here um, as well. Yeah, you see behind them. Quite a few. Uh, he has a recent a recent addition as well in the the, the Georgia Florida Cup in there, uh, somewhere it's, in there. It's it's
1: right behind there. It's hard to see. There's too many for the camera shot.
0: But yeah, no. So obviously, there's some interesting things with the World Cup as well. So uh, very very lots of very interesting aspects to the World Cup. So cannot wait to to, to see it. Um, there's gonna be some changes to the rules as well. But you know all that. If you're interested in learning more about that, go check out Hector Hector and Edward's show Instagram FC on Friday. They're having a whole breakdown leading up to the World Cup on Sunday as well. So. Be sure to check that out.
1: Absolutely, as well too. I can't wait for that as well too. I'm gonna stay
0: on a on a global scale as far as the sport we're gonna look at today.
1: We're gonna head to the octagon here. I'm gonna talk about what, in my opinion, is the biggest problem with all of combat sports. We're looking at weight cutting. It's nothing new, it's not a surprise. I'm beating a dead horse with a dead horse at this point as well too. I'm using a dead horse to beat a dead horse. But it is absolutely ASA nine, ASA 10, ASA 3,554, which is how much weight some of these guys seem to cut to make their weight class. They need to change the rules. I know, I know it's a commission-based thing as well, too. They need to find a way to change it. Hydration levels throughout fight week. Weigh in as close to your actual normal weight as possible. Make more weight classes, whatever it needs to be. I don't know. You don't want to do boxing where they have a weight class every 14 and a half ounces or whatever the hell it seems like. <laughs> but the gaps between these weight classes and the amount of weight people cut, is, it's going to get people hurt, and it kind of takes away from some of the fun. There's something we're going to look at here really quickly. want you guys to take a look at this right now let me we're gonna take a look at this the guy on the left right now his name is Dominic Reyes for those of you who are fight fans his last almost win was against John Jones the last time John Jones fought 205 pounds is what they fight at the guy on the right is Alex Perea he fights at 185 pounds and he just fought Israel Adesanya this last this last week this was a few days ago for the recording that first comment summarizes it perfectly holy you know what i won't repeat it because i don't know who's watching but my point stands is this weight cutting has to stop because that man does make weighs 185 for less than 185 seconds and then by the time he's in that cage he was at least 227 if not more that is a big boy and the, seeing the weight discrepancies if you don't cut significant amounts of weight the amount of the detriment it puts you at is absolutely insane so i don't know what the how the rules i don't have a say in the matter and no one listens to me anyway but they need to take weight they need to find a way to mitigate weight cutting. I know one FC I think it is I think it's one FC it's one of the it's one of them overseas that Demetrius Johnson is, is fighting in right now as well. They do hydration level testing they basically they do everything they can to force you to fight at your weight class and eliminate weight cutting They took it's mixed martial arts so it takes things from different disciplines. Unfortunately it took the worst part from wrestling which is those dramatic weight cuts In wrestling you' weigh you weigh in the same day as the competition but you're not getting punched in the head. So the risk of concussions and a dehydrated brain is still significant because you're getting thrown around, but it's different compared to getting punched, kicked, knee, elbow, suplex, everything to your brain. So you need to find a way to have it within like maybe like a 180 to 190 pound class or something like that. Like maybe one weighs 187, one weighs 184. So that's what you're walking around and maybe make increments like that. If your hydration levels are too high, or not too high, excuse me, too low, then you are forced to rehydrate and we see where you weigh at there if that like you have to reach a certain level of hydration there. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not a scientist, but I think they need to find a way to do something like that. Cause that makes no sense. The next thing you know, they're going to put me and you in the same weight class and because you cut enough weight to reach Sorry, my buddy. levels. And that's, that's a terrible idea as well. There's a reason you don't see DK Metcalf fighting Darren Sproles. Even there's a reason you don't see that sort of thing because by the time he cut down to that weight, well, he's going to bloom back up to the monster that he is. My point being, they need to find a way to eliminate weight class weight cuts like this. More weight classes, hydration classes. I don't know what the answer is, but I really hope they can find a way because it takes away from what was an incredible performance by Alex Perea. But, God, he looked like he looked like David and Goliath. He looked like David and Goliath combined versus a peasant at that point. And Ezreal Adesanya was a top three fighter in the world who was winning the fight up until that point. But the guy's 45 pounds heavier than you probably because Izzy weighs like 195. Then cuts to 185. The difference was astronomical, so combat sports find a way to eliminate weight cutting that's where i will wrap it up we're gonna end this one I'll on say, a DJ well, uh, after kelsey chimes in
0: i was gonna say if everybody tuned in and was hoping it would be like a kelsey commentary about weight cuts sorry no it was definitely <laughs> dj finally got to do his rant on weight cuts i've been i've honestly been excited about this because we've talked about this a thousand and one times so I could go on and on, but we don't have a three-hour show, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. We
1: do thank you all so much for joining us. It is always a pleasure. Feel free to follow us on any of our social medias as well, too. Go ahead and leave some comments, leave some thumbs up. Whatever you want to do, we always appreciate the time. We will see you guys again next time.